Thank you for joining in for this City Lights Church podcast. We're a new church in the north of Brisbane, and you can find out more about us at www.citylights.community. We hope that this podcast encourages you in your journey of following Jesus. Good to see you. Thank you so much uh, for sharing your Sunday with us. Uh, I just want to say hello if we haven't had a chance to meet. My name's Andrew, I'm married to my beautiful wife, Rebecca, and it's our privilege to lead this church. Uh, probably It was probably about uh, 17, 18 years ago, and we were newly married. We're about to celebrate our 19th wedding anniversary uh, next month. And so uh, when we got married, we we decided to invest the first six years of our marriage by being volunteer youth pastors in a tiny church that didn't have any youth in Sydney, uh, in a place called Cabramatta. Anyone know a little bit about Sydney, Cabramatta? It's probably not really on anyone's bucket list to go to Cabramatta. Uh, It was at one stage the drug capital of Australia, but we cleaned it up. No, that is not true. Uh, by the time that we got there, it was a lot of that was sorted out. One of the most multicultural suburbs uh, in Australia. And so we, we were in there. We actually started our youth group by kicking a football in a local park. And people that didn't have kids that didn't have anywhere else to go came to our youth group, uh, got saved, uh, had powerful encounters with the Holy Spirit. And we were doing that at a time we were both working full time. God was favoring us as we put him first, which has been our delight to do our whole lives is to put Jesus first and let him take care of the rest. And uh, we were getting promotions in our workplaces. Uh, I was just, I would get a promotion and I go for an interview and I'd say to them, Uh, look, I can take this job, but I need to leave at two o'clock on Friday afternoon because I have to go and pick up the minibus to pick up all the kids to set up for youth. And God was just incredibly gracious to us in that area. We also at that time felt that God was calling us both to study. And so I started, uh, I, I knew some clue that in my future would be ministry. So I started my master's. So I was working full time, volunteer youth pastor. Beck was also working full-time in insurance and she started studying, okay, all her marks, HDs, mine, not not as good. And so this was a season where we were, our life was pretty full. And at that time I was working in sales. I had a company car, didn't have to pay for any fuel. And during that time, I think we were on our way to church and there was a little light that kept going on in my car. I don't know if you've ever seen this little light, sometimes orange. It's got this kind of funny little character. And I just wasn't paying attention because we were just had so much on. Even though it was no cost to me to fill it up, I just wasn't paying attention. So we're on the way to church one morning And I think I was uh, serving, perhaps worship leading or something like that. And this little light was on and it had been on for a couple of days. But I thought, I'll just get to the end of church. And who's who's experienced that? 
the feeling where you you come and you you feel this kind of it starts to shake and shudder and then it stopped and Beck's in the car and I'm running up the street because <clears throat> I don't want to be late and that little light had come on but I didn't pay attention to it just going to grab a, a water just hold on a second if you could open that You know, when it comes to this time of year, who knows, there's a few warning lights going on the dashboard. I probably don't have to tell you right now that this is a time when people get a little tired, a little run down. I don't have to tell you because you feel it like if we did an altar call, the altar would be full, right? Because this is the time of year where, as I say, things speed up to slow down. We've got all the things that we want to do. We want to set ourselves up really well for next year, and there's nothing wrong with that. But sometimes these lights start to go on in the dashboard. But when you've got a, a light on in your car, the petrol light on your car, the so solution to fixing that problem is pretty simple, isn't it? You put petrol in. Has anyone ever put diesel in instead of petrol or petrol in diesel? You've done that? Yeah, a few people have done that. Gwendy shares uh, publicly a, a story about how she did that, I think, on the way to Bundaberg or something like that. Something. Oh, once she got to Bundaberg on the way home. And so for most of us, it's pretty simple what we need to do. But who knows, in some areas in life, when we've got things, warning lights in a relationship or in our career or in different areas in our life, who knows that the solution is not as simple. That when we've got these warning lights coming on, and this is the time of year that people go, well, I'm going to need some changes. And, and, and what we are thinking about, maybe even if we're not aware of it, we're thinking about what we need more of and what we need less of. We're thinking what we need more of, what we'd be thinking we need less of. And often we're thinking about our emotional health, and we're thinking about our career and our workplace and our choices. Sometimes we're faced with a difficult relational situation or supporting somebody that needs support. But here's what I want to propose today, is that often what we don't think about, even we're thinking about emotional health, relational health, we don't often think about our spiritual health. Is that true? For many of us, most of us, when it comes to what do we need more of, what do we need less of, we're not sure and we don't naturally think about our spiritual health. And so what I want to talk about today is this. And what I want to invite us to do today is to see and to prioritize spiritual health as the centerpiece of our life to put our spiritual health as the centerpiece of our life. It doesn't mean that we don't focus on our emotional health, relational health, physical health, but we put spiritual health as the centerpiece, as the starting point for what we want to live out of. Now, some of you, like, you're a little bit new to this and you're like, okay, well, I, I, I kind of get it, but maybe I don't really know what that is or what that looks like. And spiritual health 
is when you allow the Holy Spirit to transform you from the inside out. It's when you connect with God as the source of your strength and your power. Here's one thing that I say, that that connection is our superpower as Christians. As Christians, connection is our superpower. And when we begin to live from the overflow and the connection of the Spirit of God within us, that's when we start to make good decisions. You know, the Bible describes nine things that happen as an overflow from spiritual health. You've probably heard of them. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are the things that spiritual health and a focus on spiritual health produces. And so who would, who would agree that if you had more self-control, your life would be better? You agree? I agree. Who agrees that you could have the most, you could be the most physically healthy person, but if you don't have peace, if you don't have love, your family could be all in the same place. You could be working on that, but if you're not working that out with joy, if you're not working that out with gentleness, and this is why God calls us and invites us to put spiritual health as the centerpiece of our health. And this is the encouragement today for you. To make spiritual health the centerpiece of your life. And here is a statement. If we want to be spiritually healthy, we need to be spiritually hungry. That the doorway, the gateway to our spiritual health, to have a life that's full of faith, a life that's full of joy, a life where the Spirit of God begins to overflow from us, that spiritual health comes from spiritual hunger. And Jesus put it this way, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. God says, if you want to be full of the righteousness, if you want to be full of God, if you want God to dwell within you, if you want that to overflow, if you start to think in the right way, to live in the right way, to relate in the right way, if you start to care about the needs of others, if you start to care about the need for the poor, that is all going to start when you hunger and thirst for righteousness. You hunger and thirst for righteousness. I think hunger and thirst is such a, a powerful metaphor because we get it. We get it. I, I live in a household. I have two boys and they are relentlessly hungry. They are hungry like you. They could have had the biggest meal. And I see some, some people looking around and at family members. And my boys, six and 10, they would eat probably as much as I do. And they are relentlessly hungry. And so I, I think we get the fact that we can be hungry and we can eat. And then we can be satisfied, but then we're hungry. Here's another way to put it. Do you have someone in your life that you love hanging out with? You look forward to hanging out with? 
I remember early on in back in my relationship when we were uh, dating and both working, we would talk on the phone probably about an hour and a half every day. It was awesome. Now we get to live together, which is awesome. So we don't have to uh, talk on the phone. We can talk in person every day. It's a wonderful thing. And that's what it means to have this hunger for God. Because righteousness is not just a theory or just a presence. Righteousness is a person. Righteousness is the person of Jesus. And when we continue to say, hey, God, I want more of you in my life. My heart longs for you. Lord, you are all that I need. But more than that, spiritual hunger is more than just what we need. More spiritual hunger is when Jesus becomes our greatest desire, our greatest joy. And I think one of the challenges for us and the challenges for the Western church is that we can fill our lives with lesser loves and lesser hungers. We can be satisfied with less than the fullness of God. I would say that's me. That's me in times in my life. There's this constant battle around being satisfied with less her loves. But God wants us to have a hunger and a thirst for Him. Let me tell you a couple of things about spiritual hunger. The first is this, that spiritual hunger changes everything. When you uncover and discover a deep desire for God, it changes the way that you look at things. It changes the way that you even come to a service like this. We don't come out of obligation. We come because we get to be in God's presence. We come because we get to worship with others. It changes everything. If you want a sign of spiritual maturity and spiritual growth, I believe that there's no greater sign of progress when we have this growing appetite for God and the things of God. It's a wonderful thing. And one thing that spiritual hunger does is God begins to captivate our imagination. He begins to captivate our imagination. We begin to dream with God. We don't see our lives just purely out of duty, but we see our lives as not belonging to us, but in service of Jesus, to lift up Jesus, to inhabit a space with Him and a desire with Him. When we come to God, we realize that in spiritual hunger, we we realize that we need more of God and less of things. John the Baptist says in the book of John, he says, he must increase, I must decrease. John the Baptist knew something about spiritual hunger. Spiritual, when you're spiritually hungry, you say, Jesus, your kingdom come, my kingdom go. Your will be done, my will, I'll surrender to you. And there's something that I believe that God wants to stir in our hearts, that we're not satisfied with the lesser. We're not satisfied with just going through the motions. Sometimes when that light comes on, and it's a light that says, God, I want you to connect with me. 
God's saying, connect with me. Sometimes we feel that with a burger or with a binge or with a drink or with something else, some other thing. But God wants us to see him as the source of life in our lives. And so this morning, we're just going to take just a little time. It's going to be a little bit of a different message today. But even right now, we're going to take some time just to wait on God in this space. Do you know what happens to when you cultivate spiritual hunger? Do you know how to grow that? Because hungers change, right? Hunger is malleable. Spiritual hunger is not about steps. There are not steps to spiritual hunger. Spiritual hunger is about creating space. And what happens when we create space is that our flesh and our spirit go to war. In that our flesh does not desire the things of God. Our flesh desires other things, but our spirits, we allow our spirits to become alive in the presence of God. And so even just right now, why don't we just uh, take just a moment. You can close your eyes. You know what you should expect? As you do this, your mind fills with all the things you need to do this week. You should expect that. But I want you to encourage, just push past that. Spiritual hunger is not just our own work. It's a space, but it's also something that God gives us. And so right now, Holy Spirit, in this moment, in this space, we just release your presence. Your word says that they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And God, we're learning to wait. We're learning to wait. Thank you for listening. You can find out more about City Lights Church at www.citylights.community.